Welcome to Tax Notes Talk, a podcast from Tax Notes, the leading source of tax news, information, and analysis. Welcome to the podcast. I'm David Stewart, Editor-in-Chief of Worldwide Tax Daily. This week, we have the story of a mysterious disappearance and a whodunit. While the solution may not be Colonel Mustard in the conservatory with a lead pipe, there are serious questions about how a piece of Treasury staff research vanished from public view. Jonathan Curry is a reporter with Tax Notes Today and has looked into this story. Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dave. Set the scene for us. Where does this mystery begin? So this starts, if you were to go to the Treasury Department's website and click through to the Office of Tax Analysis, which is known as OTA, and then click on the page titled Technical Papers Number 1 through 6, things look pretty normal for a government website. There's lots of information, nothing's too flashy. But then you might notice something kind of odd, especially for a department keen on math. If you count up the technical papers, which are labeled 1 through 6, there is one conspicuously missing. Technical paper number five. Now, once upon a time, technical paper number five was just another paper in the OTA's long list of research papers. But a couple of weeks ago, there was a big stir about why exactly this paper had vanished. We don't know precisely when, but at some point over the past few months, that paper disappeared from the department's website. Do we know what this paper was about? We do, thanks to tax analysts' extensive database of documents that dates back decades. Technical paper number five explained OTA's assumptions about how the tax burden of the corporate income tax is distributed for a term called corporate tax incidence. And that's just a fancy way of saying who ultimately pays more of the corporate income tax. Is it workers or is it owners of capital? Now, as we record this, it's November 15th, and we're in the middle of a fairly high stakes debate on the corporate tax rate. So this would seem to be an important bit of research. What did the OTA find? Well, they found that workers pay 18% and owners of capital pay 82% of the corporate tax. Okay, that seems pretty straightforward. What's the problem with that? To put it simply, President Trump's administration doesn't agree. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin has been saying ever since he was confirmed that he and the rest of the administration don't agree that owners of capital bear the biggest brunt of the corporate tax. In fact, he's been on record saying it's the opposite. In an early September interview on Fox News, Mnuchin even referred to technical paper number five instead of its assumptions. I don't believe in that. All right, the Treasury Secretary doesn't agree, but what about other economists? Well, it was roughly in line with the formula used by many other tax modeling groups, most notably the Nonpartisan Joint Committee on Taxation, and they're the ones that traditionally do all the estimates of tax legislation for both the House and the Senate. The Joint Committee pegs the incidence ratio at 25-75, as does the Congressional Budget Office, as well as uh, some other organizations like the Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center. So is this a settled debate? Not necessarily. Economists at conservative-leaning organizations like the Tax Foundation or the American Enterprise Institute, they've said that they believe workers' share of the corporate tax burden is probably higher than OTA assumes. And in fact, the OTA's corporate tax incidence ratio has itself changed fairly recently. Technical paper number five was first published in 2012, but prior to that, the office assumed that owners of capital bore 100% of the burden. So the needle has shifted before. Now, that being said, what surprised me about this issue isn't that there's some disagreement around the edges, but rather that so many in the Trump administration are insisting that OTA and the Joint Committee, as well as others like them, aren't just a little bit off in their assumptions. They've got it completely backwards. What did the Treasury Department have to say about removing the study? Well, I asked and they answered. A spokeswoman told me that it was a, quote, dated staff analysis from the previous administration and that it does not represent our current thinking and analysis. Now, more recently, Secretary Mnuchin echoed that point, saying that the paper was completely inconsistent 
consistent with what they're saying now. And that's true. I mean, it's a little bit embarrassing, and it's come up at least once where Secretary Mnuchin has made this claim about workers bearing 70% or more of the corporate tax burden. And he's been asked how he can say that when his own tax department says the opposite. Well, where is Mnuchin getting his number? Well, they're not pulling it out of nowhere. Um, It's floated around in some conservative economic circles, but it's not totally in the mainstream. And the debate is ongoing. Okay, now the information was not consistent with the line that they wanted to promote. Why is it such a big deal that they pulled down the study? So the big concern here is that this is pretty unprecedented and that it infringes on the nonpartisan nature of the OTA staff. The overall Treasury Department is led by an assortment of political appointees that shuffle between one presidential administration and the next. But the OTA is staffed by career staff, many of whom have worked there for years. Their research is supposed to be free from partisan interference, and many observers saw this move by Treasury as crossing that line. A big reason that Treasury posts these technical papers online in the first place is that they've wanted to be transparent about their methodology for modeling and doing tax analysis. They have 40 years worth of technical and working papers, but this appears to be the only one that was removed rather than simply updated. And I think the fact that it was removed altogether rather than updated to reflect new thinking is what sparked a lot of the criticism. So what are the critics saying? Well, two weeks after the story first broke, a little more than a dozen groups sent a letter to Secretary Mnuchin in which they expressed concern about the way this was being handled. And in particular, they said that it breaks with the precedent of keeping a record of transparency and methodology, noting that OTA's website currently lists technical paper number four, dated August 2011, along with a separate, more recently updated version of that same paper. And I think it's also important to note that as far as we know, the Treasury Department hasn't instructed staff at the Office of Tax Analysis to change their assumptions for modeling corporate tax incidents. They've simply removed the explainer of how they do it. Now, beyond uh, this being a government transparency issue, is there something else at stake here? Yeah, certainly much more than that. It can make a pretty dramatic difference in how the overall tax reform debate is framed. If you, for example, assume that workers are the ones bearing the majority of the costs of the corporate tax burden, then you can say, truthfully, that a corporate tax rate cut is a middle-income tax cut. Is that what they're doing now with the current tax bills? Yes. Their talking points on tax reform basically boil down to two things. Make the tax code more competitive for businesses and deliver a middle-income tax cut. And we know now, after seeing both the House and Senate tax reform bills, that the majority of the Republicans' tax cuts are on the business side, and a smaller, although still substantial, share is devoted to reducing individuals' income taxes. The centerpiece of both of these bills is the big corporate tax rate cut, which would drop the rate from 35% to 20%. Now, critics of the bills say that these are regressive, meaning that the biggest percentage of the tax cuts goes to the wealthiest Americans. And that's probably to be expected if you have a corporate incidence ratio that says cutting the corporate tax mainly benefits wealthier owners of capital. But if they were to apply the ratio the Trump administration prefers, then all of a sudden... So as if by magic, what had been a corporate tax cut becomes a middle class tax cut. Exactly right. Interesting. Is that the case that they're trying to make right now? Yeah, and in addition to Secretary Mnuchin, one of the Trump administration's biggest salesmen of this idea is Kevin Hassett. He's the chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisors. Now, Hassett is a conservative economist, and he's held in high regard by his peers. His nomination to the post earlier this year won nearly unanimous praise from across the economic spectrum, and he's been the one leading the charge to convince skeptics that corporate rate cuts will do a lot, and I mean a lot, to boost the middle class. The Council of Economic Advisors came out with a report a few weeks ago claiming that cutting the corporate income tax rate to 20% just by itself would raise average household income by at least $4,000 annually, even though Hassett said that that number could be more like $9,000. And that $4,000 figure has been used by people like President Trump as evidence that their plan is going to help the middle class. Those estimates seem fairly optimistic. How have Hassett's findings gone over with other economists? Well, as you might expect, they caused quite a stir, to put it mildly. 
A couple of economists I talked to said that the CEA report's conclusions were implausible and unrealistic. And even one economist I talked to who has collaborated with Hassett on economic research in the past said that the CEA report offered rosy estimates based on narrow economic parameters. Where do we go from here? Well, the House and Senate Republicans are getting their tax bills scored by the Joint Committee on Taxation, but you might see them counter by saying something like, well, according to some other estimates... And they've already driven home for months now that their big tax cut will drive a huge amount of economic growth and that this will be a middle-income tax cut. The Joint Committee analyses that we've seen thus far, however, suggest that a substantial number of individuals actually would see their taxes go up. The question is, will they change their bills and shift more tax cuts to directly benefit individuals? Or are they going to bank on their plan producing economic growth and their corporate tax cuts trickling down to individuals? Definitely something to keep an eye on. Jonathan, where can listeners find you online? You can follow me on Twitter at JTCurry005. Thank you for being here. That's it for this week. You can find me on Twitter at TaxStew, that's S-T-E-W. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at taxanalyst.org. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play so you get the next episode of Tax Notes Talk. Tax Notes Talk is a production of Tax Notes. You can learn more about us by visiting www.taxnotes.com backslash products. When major media wants the straight story, they turn to Tax Notes. Thank you for listening, and join us again for another edition of Tax Notes Talk. Tax Analyst Inc. does not provide tax advice or tax preparation services. Nothing in the podcast constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice. A full disclaimer is included in the transcript.